Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today we're going to talk about no-till corn insects. In our spotlight, we're going to talk about the corn weevil, a robot to replace the need for farmers inside grain bins. Egg History Minute, we'll talk about the history of drones. In our cool beans, that's corny, we'll have some current events and we'll wrap it all up with our egg idiom of the week. With me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilties out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So here we are. The drama's been going on week in, week out. Big Pat, co- Pat big McAfee is worked up. Big Cat's worked up. Blake Bortles, the su- suddenly a Packer? Big, What's going on? Big quarterback news. Everybody was like, oh, quarterbacks. Listen. And it was b- double B. If we're going to have to be not as good again and go on without Rodgers, Blake Bortles is my choice. <laughs> if we're going to be not good, which if we don't have Rodgers, we're going to be... You didn't want Tim Tebow to no, sign with no. the He's Jags? As a tight end. Tight yeah. Blake, wow. Blake Bortles that, is so entertaining. That is, had he done that... From the beginning, he might actually still be still in the be, NFL. Yes. They said he's a terrible blocker, though. He, cannot. he was. Oh, I think he's going to wash out again. Oh, I, yeah, I don't this even, is just an Urban Meyer. I, I don't was, even, was Tony Gonzalez a good blocker? He's got to play is, three games to get like an NFL pension. So they really? Said three they, games? Yep. So they said so they think Urban Meyer brought Urban him Meyer in. Brought him in. They're they, buddies from I, yeah, this is nepotism at its finest. I also heard that he did a workout, and he sent scouts to watch his workout, and they gave him like five things to get better at. And then they did another workout, like and he got better three months later, and he had everything they said to get better at. He I, was way better at. They're like, yeah. Well, so I, I saw the he can work. Urban Meyer in that interview saying, yeah, he'll, he'll like do the stuff. So I mean, that's worth something. But yeah, he. I mean, he wasn't that good but, seven years ago. But the one that's coming out of his Urban Meyer, so you, you got to take that with a grain of pretty big salt. Yeah. Being that's his college coach, right? Who suddenly gets the head coaching job in the NFL and brings him in. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely. Uh, little fishy but you know whatever it's I not can, on my team so i don't really care i can suck at the meds get cut and then i gotta oh yeah he's tried the baseball thing he's yeah. been trying uh on and off through the years to be baseball he's probably got had a couple book deals there's some parade i remember him being like the <laughs> mc in the middle of the parade walking i don't know if it was it's life fest it's held in Oshkosh. Yeah, yeah, it, was in a, it was a gay pride parade because no, he probably was confused it was where not was. that <laughs> You sure it wasn't Life Fest? They have a parade? I have no idea. No. No No parade. As far as I know, they don't. I've never been, so I don't know, but, you know. I was there once. A long time ago. (laughs) It was a thing we did for church. What do you think, though? I think, do you think this means, the Packers think A-Rod is not coming back? No, I think it means we need three arms in camp. I think so, too. Yeah. I am in the 100% camp that he is, they'll figure it out. He's coming back. Uh, when the schedule release came out and the Packers had five primetime games, mm-hmm. you have to assume that they know it's going to work out. Right. There, there's too much money to be lost on both sides, I think, to not, like, why would we want to trade him the cap hit? Why would he want to retire? It just doesn't make sense to me. They were talking on the radio this morning about how the Packers could go back if Rodgers decided to be done how they could go back and get, or like even through this dispute, if they don't get it figured out right away, that the Packers could go back and take some money back from them. And I was in my head, I'm like, you really think if they're trying to solve a dispute, <laughs> they'd ask for money back? They're going to go and try and take money back from him? I, I would think that's probably out of the question. Do you think this is going to have any impact on Adam Schefter, given that he's oh, started oh to be God. the same no. boat for a while? Well, apparently they because he held the same s- agents. Rogers and, and Schefter have the same agents. Oh, no, well, not Schefter. He doesn't have an agent, does he? Schefter yeah. Schefter does? Schefter oh, well, and Rogers. Because Jordan Love has that same yeah, agent. Yeah, and like... I was Why would Schefter have an agent? Though he's Because he radio. makes millions of dollars a year. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. And, and they basically was like, all you know, all the crap was coming down on Schefter, so then the agent's, the agent's like, you need to make this like not look like it came from Rogers, and that's why he... That's the theory why he all of a sudden is marching back now. What from, is frustrating is Scheffner's original tweet says per source. So it's not like he can go back and say, well, it was me. What, yeah. What's the source? Yeah. It's like, oh, I was the source. Like it, it, 
that that's what's frustrating too is if they're gonna well, put out these tweets and start up a some interview too he supposedly said he kind of walked back the timing of it too and like said he knew about it for months Dan Patrick. Yeah, and that was the best didn't watch, to... If you didn't watch Dan Patrick's interview, you got to watch it because yeah. Dan Patrick schooled him. It yeah. was terrible. The other the other thing is through this whole thing, I keep hearing about why hasn't Rogers said anything? Obviously, because Rogers hasn't said anything. It must all be true. He really hates the Packers. Or, you know, we could be logical here and think, a guy in a contract negotiation has a fire burning around him. Why would he ever put it out? Yeah, right. If you're trying to negotiate a contract, there is zero reason for you to try and put this fire out. Fan the flames, baby. Let it ride. Well, and he's yeah. not even fanning them either. He's just he's just no comment. No, because he knows everything. if he fans them, I mean that's so, look, that's he has that's to come. Back. He so knows he's, he's coming back. He he, he might knows as, he's coming back. He right. might as well have the way people are reacting right. about it. But realistically, all he's but done he is didn't. not say anything. Right. But and do you think James Jones, George Coo- or uh, John Coon, George Coons. George Coons. George Coons. AJ Coons. Hawk, those, AJ, I mean those guys have talked to him. I mean he and AJ Hawk were at. The Kentucky Derby. Well, together. all right. those guys. Um, Bakhtiari, Bakhtiari was. was with them, and, and Randall Cobb, which yeah. obviously he's probably telling them to leave. But no, there was a thing. There was one thing I saw too. I didn't, I didn't read the article, but it was something like Rogers won't be back because of Devonte Adams or something like that. Like they're the headlines are ridiculous. Yeah. Like it's all clickbait and it's stuff. Just like, yeah. This is what, you, this is what happens like, in May. Right. Right. Like Rogers leaving, like top ten teams that could get him, and it's like, well, no, what? That's just you seeing like where he could maybe go. Like that's not top thirty-one teams yeah. where he could go. <laughs> yeah, how they were painting uh, Broncos colors over his his jersey for a couple of weeks, and then oh jeez, this is what Aaron Rodgers would look like as a Bronco. Bronco. Yeah, no, I think we could all imagine that. I don't think we needed the digital no coloration of his uniform. I did. I did need the digital of what. Brett Favre would look like as a Viking, though. I couldn't. Yeah, he couldn't. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't visualize that. I have a theory that Blake Bortles you just coming put in. Put the number four on a pile of shit. <laughs> just make sure you track the pile in the plan. Bam. Boom. I have a theory that Blake Bortles coming to Green Bay is actually bodes well for us getting having Rodgers back because they just brought in the best locker room bro they could find for Rodgers <laughs> to hang out with. Because obviously he doesn't hang out with Jordan Love. No. I think he liked hanging out with Tim Boyle. Right. He so, did because they always like play fight it or whatever. So so you bring in you bring in the ultimate bro, the Blake of the Year, Blake Bortles, and that's that's how you know Rogers Rogers is coming back. That's my theory anyway. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to it. I'm gonna hopeful heart, you know. So it's Aaron Rodgers needs a friend and now yeah. he's got one. Yep. And you can't we keep cutting his friends. And you can't roll with two quarterbacks, can you? Well, you can't, and what happens, so say we do, okay, we go with Jordan Love. Say Rodgers doesn't come back, were we just going to have Jordan Love? No. Like, one way or the other, we needed to bring another quarterback in. Right. We probably needed to bring two more in if we thought Rodgers wasn't coming back. Right. So, I don't know. I I like Blake Bortles, big Blake Bortles fan. I'm sure he's a nice person. He's playing, on the other hand, though. Not... I, like I said, I don't expect him to play. I expect him to be just a bro. <laughs> He'll hold the clipboard very well. Yeah. And yep. play some preseason snaps, and we're good to go. I'm sure he would like to ride around in the back of a pickup truck with a case of bush light. <laughs> I'm sure. He does kind of remind me of like a Ty Detmer, you know, one of those guys that might get, he got his shot, and now he's just, or a Matt Flynn, where he'll just like Ty ride. Ty Detmer's riding around with. Uh, ride benches. and With a case of beer in the back of the I'm truck. I'm saying though. career-wise, not personality-wise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but, I mean, that, that's a really good analogy, Matt Flynn. I mean, Blake Bortles played in an AFC championship. He like, did. He may not be a fantastic quarterback. It doesn't matter how good the team is around you. You have to do some things right as a quarterback to make it to the AFC championship. Well, and Matt Flynn, I think, still holds a, a playoff or a, not a, is it a playoff record or just a no a regular fran- season record? I think Rogers six tied, TDs tied it right. It's yeah, it was six TDs in that game he played. It's the, the Who's that against again? The Seahawks. No, no, it wasn't Seahawks. Another that, blue team though. Wasn't it the Cowboys? It was the Lions. <laughs> was the Lions. <laughs> That's right, it was the Lions. Lions. <laughs> I, that that won me two fantasy football championships that D- year. Detroit Suck City. Because <laughs> I picked up Matt Flynn, and I was playing it in two two different series, playing against someone who had Aaron Rodgers. And I Ooh. picked up Matt Flynn in both situations and Ooh. put him in. Lions yeah. defense, making it happen. Yeah, making dreams come true. <laughs> but it got him paid. So, all right. I think we've had enough football talk. We should Blake probably Bortles get to the actual 
podcast, maybe, today. What do you guys think? Yeah, you I ready? guess. Yeah. Enjoy the warm weather. Lots of stuff I see some 70s coming. Yeah. That's exciting. Hopefully it lasts for more than two days, like our last boat of warm weather. Max, what are you are our, our weather person officially? Is this the official start of summer? Or uh, based on based on what I looked at, the next three like the next three days ish is uh, spring, and then uh, we're straight into summer. So congratulations, you guys, we made it. We did it. We only get three days of spring. No more fake anything. Um, fake no, winters, so like, second winters. So we got like seventy one, sixty two, seventy two. The next three days. And there's your spring, and yep. it's over. 60s and then, and, and then we're dang near eighty there for a while. So yeah, Summer. yeah, there might be a little bit more spring weather, but yeah, we're. I think we're there. I think I think it's arrived. There's nothing in the in the extended forecast below seventy for a high. So we are we are in the middle of May, so should start to track that way, shouldn't it? Right now we got some makeup days for all the. Days we spent below average. What's nice is though it was cold, it was dry, and there is mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in the ground. Mm-hmm. Has anybody checked GDUs to see what we're even at no. for this year? Four. <laughs> negative? Four. Can you have negative? No. It was eighty for like two days there, so yeah. it's gotta be for two days. It's gotta yeah. be some GDUs because the grass is growing. You gotta mow your lawn, Max. Your new lawn? How Once. 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 It's due. If you wait long enough, your neighbor just most part of your lawn. Then they'll start squatting on it. Then Max, you got a you got a new house. You got to mow. You got to mow the and you got to mow into theirs so some can, a little bit. I got to assert my dominance. Yes. Yeah. Let my dog poop in their yard. <laughs> you got to set your Wi-Fi. You no, know, don't. You can set don't, the neighbor. Clean it up. Don't do that because I have those neighbors and I'm not. One of my too neighbors happy with them right now. Wi-Fi name was stop mowing part of my lawn. <laughs> That was his uh, Good Max, way to tell. <laughs> stop having your dog poop in my yard. Yeah. Man should be like, room. come over for bush light or something <laughs> like that. That would be good. And then take off the password so I'm the cool neighbor. <laughs> yeah. So everybody can use your internet. Yeah. It's funny because we all have the same internet because, you know, because it's, yeah. it's nice cable internet in town. Like everybody, it's spectrum and then some long number. So I don't know. I changed mine to my actual name because I couldn't handle it. But yeah. So apparently our winter was just that warm because we're actually above normal for total GDUs starting at January 1st. So I'm going to change that to yeah early April 1st. Early April, like... I did have someone ask us, like, why do we feel like... like Cause the it's wheat, been so cold, but... The wheat's all ahead. The alfalfa yeah, was yeah. ahead before we got the frost. But we lost our snow so early, so I yeah. think like we, we, we had, feel like it should have warmed up sooner. Well, we had a warm March, and then... And it's dry, so it, whenever it it's dry, cool, it feels like here. We also didn't do the uh, freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw thing. So when winter was done, winter was, was done. done. Yeah. That, yeah. And that yeah, we didn't have any difference. ice. Ooh, know, normally ice we have a snowstorm on March 20th that buries us for another two weeks. Right, and it didn't happen. Even at April 1st, we're at 204 on the year... Which is, but look, uh, it all came in like four days, right? So it, we There's just 70, we had some warm, pretty much seventy GDUs above normal, which is crazy to think about. Still not enough for water hemp yet. Nope. Saw so first Thanks. giant ragweed though. Did me. you? Yeah, is it? Like, yep. Yeah. You enjoy making small children cry? Why would you say that? <laughs> no. I was Why like, would you no. say that? We we're having such a. I was having that such is, a good Friday. No. All right. Well, our topic today is no-till corn insects. So, Bill, what do you got for us? What's our first yeah, so, offender? So I was um, so with a lot of these plantings now into green. You know, we got a lot of cover crops, whether it's rye or whatever your flavor is, and how good it came through. I was watching some guys plant the other day and digging behind them and remembering that oh, there's some other things that we need to be scouting for and looking for when with these um, cover crops when you're no-tilling and not so much no-till, but because you have that green material there. And so basically we have a handful of, of um, insects that could be a problem. We'll go through a couple depending on what time, how much time we have, but uh, two of the big ones are going to be black cutworm and uh, the true armyworm. So we'll kind of focus on those two first. I'll start with black cutworm. Um, those guys, um, the moss overwinter in Texas and Mexico, so you can blame blame uh, Texas. blame Texas for that uh, instead of Canada. Um, they and then of course they 
they make their way up here and they appear in the Midwest, depending where you are. They're migratory. Is that what you're saying? Migratory. Migratory. If from Monty Python, search for the Holy Grail. That's right. Migratory. Got it. Got it. Should have known, Matt. Should have known. They show up in the Midwest between late February and June. So I would imagine if you're Southern Midwest, um, Indiana, Kansas, that kind of stuff, you're going to see them sooner than than us here where we're going to see them in May and June. I did see on Ag Twitter a few guys digging out some, some black cutworm already this year. So Yeah. Um, they are attracted by the spring vegetation, and that's why planting green, we have to scout for that because obviously this year with the how well things overwintered and how well, how much growth we have, it's it's like a, it's like a neon sign for them malls, just like come here and lay those eggs here. So, um, other areas that could be a problem is you know maybe you have winter annuals in a field, weeds um, where they could be attracted a very weedy field, which is a lot of winter annuals this year. Yeah, dandelion yeah. crop oh, yeah. is one of the best ever. Right. Shepherd's purse. What'd you say, Max? Before a shepherd's purse was penny crisp. It's the year of the shepherd's purse. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty bad. Um, so those kinds of things that come early in the spring are going to attract. Um, and of course, minimum tillage, no till, obviously just, um, you know, fen, you know, is right there for it. So, um, a single larva, I thought this was interesting. A single larva is capable of, of cutting four, up to four corn plants in its life. So that's a lot. That can't be right. Four in the whole life. Yeah. Isn't it four? I would say depending on the size of the corn plant. It might the literature I read said it was capable of four but you think about, in its life. Think about how many larvae could be in one square foot if yeah. they're all eating well, four. In, in I'm just thinking about if they're they're early when you have just those small plants, they, they nip them off like nuts. Right, yeah. And then true. as the plants get bigger, they can withstand more of a population because they can't just chew the whole thing off as easy. Yeah, and at hatching, those suckers are like, an eighth of an inch long so they're really short and then as they grow you could see them guys up to two so i mean those are those are like a two inch black cutworm is a monster that's like go fishing man yeah right that's bait right there they're light gray to black in color and they appear greasy um yeah i like i know max likes that word like max greasy 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 max uses that word quite a bit yep um, so Good we and we want to watch our cornfields probably late May, more so in June and June through August, but probably late May, June and July is when we're going to want to watch uh, scout for those. Um, the damage is kind of small pinholes at first, which can be insignificant, but but that's kind of your sign, like oh they're here, we better we better look a little better, continue, better look a little continue deeper. to monitor, continue uh, investigation. Um, the larva, then once they get larger, they'll start notching the stems kind of right below the soil surface, or sometimes, hence the name cutworm, they'll just slice the guy, slice you right off. Um, and then the, it's going to wilt and die. So that's where the stand reductions come in and the issues come. They're, is they're kind of dicks that way. Think of like frost, they'll kill above the growing point, but these guys eat right at right that at. growing point. Like, so. <laughs> That's just like the worst. They know where the vitals are. Yeah, yeah. they're like hitting you in the, the jugular. jugular. Yeah. yeah. And um, and they're doing this at night. You know, they don't like the sun and the heat of the day. So we're going out there in the day, going, "Oh, field looks pretty good, right? Nothing, no problems here. Nothing to see here." And then uh, they come out at night and start cutting. Um, so what what I've done is, if I see the feeding or you see some plants start wilting. You kind of take your trowel or your finger or your knife and just kind of scratch away the soil surface right at the base of those plants. And eventually, if they're there, they're going to stare you down. You're going to find them. Well, they they are just kind of a pain in the butt because they they do live under the ground. And you got to dig and dig until you find them. And a lot of times you'll kick them out of the hole and you'll be like, well, I, I see the damage, but where's the worm? Because yep. they blend in so well. So then moving on to control, how do we fix this? Obviously, insecticides is is the way to go, but the threshold is three to five plants showing feeding, and then you find two or more worms in in 100 plants. So if you count your 100 plants and you find two or more worms, which if it's a bad enough infestation, you're going to find it right away, then treatment with the insecticide would be um, optimal, would be economic. 
So, so that's kind of a quick rundown on the on the black cutworm um, watch. And and those you're gonna see in you know if you turn an alfalfa field under and you go to corn, you see the same thing. Obviously, um, it's green in the spring too. So those moths are gonna be attracted to the to the alfalfa as well. Um, so black cutworms. And very similar, I would say, to the black cutworm <clears throat> is the variegated cutworm, mm. and they're hard to hard to see the difference. I've, I've seen some of those too. They typically have the dots on the back. But yep, they, those we got was it twelve two thousand twelve when 2012, we had like we had a lot of seventy them. in March, and then it never got colder. That was yep. like it went from like winter to summer max, like boom. And that was a drought year too. There right? was no, yeah, there, there was, was no the like fake summer, fake spring, all your other weather terms you have, Max. It was like winter and spring and summer, and that's when we had the the variegated cutworms. Yep, we had a lot of them, and especially in hay fields because they greened up early. And <clears throat> there but, were spots where guys were saying like the seagulls and stuff were just plucking them right off the plants. They were so bad. I got a good. Oh, when we get to the next one, I got a good story. A okay, good, a good pest where you're like holy buckets you got a lot of them story so i'll save okay. it because the next one fits right nice but all right yeah well we'll move on then from yeah. uh the variegated and the black cutworms to the true army worm um there again like the the life cycle is similar to what we just talked about um lay their eggs in june they migrate from the south uh, a lot of times with army worms like if the first generation is is a is very uh, heavy and they do well then you could that progresses into a second and third generation so you could have to watch for that um they prefer to lay in cool wet springs which we've had a cool spring but not a wet spring and they like grasses uh, more you know like the the cutworms lay in alfalfa too a legume but the army worms kind of prefer grasses so if you've got a very grassy i've seen them very grassy cornfield where you don't get good weed control. That's a problem. Uh, small grains, you know, like, you know, at some Term- point here. Terminated rye. Yeah. At some point here in the winter wheat fields, we're going to start scouting for for armyworms too because they're a pest in the, the wheat itself. Um, so weedy fields, grassy fields, small grains, those are ones you should Even should ditch lines they like. Yeah. Yeah, they'll come on a ditch. So whatever's there. green like two, three weeks ago. It's probably going to have potential for army work. The um, those guys, the larvae will feed for three to four weeks, so quite long, and they get to an inch and a half or so when they're fully grown. Um, the good news with those guys is, the closer they get to fully grown, then they start to taper off in feeding. So you can kind of say, okay, we're going to get to the end of their life cycle here. Where should we treat and not um, when you get to that point? Um, they're a little more brownish green, not a lot of hair on that worm. And they have like a white border down the stripes. That's kind of the difference between what Matt, Matt, you were talking about with the, with the black cut worm. Yep. Well, and, and they both, these pests have kind of like that shield looking face, but the simply orange with the army worm versus the black cut worms is kind of black. Mm Mm-hmm. And like the cutworms, these guys feed at night too or cloudy days. So again, you you go out in the field and you see the damage and you're like, Where what's going on here? But again, they've they're hiding during the day. So Yeah, you gotta dig down in the soil for these soil cracks. Yep. If you go out early in the morning by before eight o'clock, you'll you'll, you'll see them, them out on the plants. Yeah. But after that they kinda go it just gets too hot for them. Well, or they'll they'll sit inside the plant though too, and the plants right, get big the, enough in the world. And, they'll just sit yeah. in the yeah. world and, and corn. You, they'll be inside. You, you can pull like pull it open a little bit, and there's eyes staring back at you. Yep. Or you see their poop all over yep. the place. I like to squish them. Then they are <laughs> they are heavy on the scat. Yes. Yes. It's yeah, all they, green they, too. They poop uh, a lot for yeah. a thing that's only a half inch long. Yeah. yeah it's like they. It's because they eat a lot. What it's, goes in true. comes right out, pretty much. The the telltale sign of an army worm versus other insects is they feed from the margin of the leaf to the end to the midrib. So and it's there's no pattern to it. They just go at it, and it's this ragged, ugly plant. By the time unless they really get to it, then the pattern is the only thing Gone. that's left is midribs. Right, right. 
Have you ever seen a field like that? Yes. Yeah. Not the, not an entire field, but a section. How tall was the corn? Uh, tall, like head height. Yeah, I had one too, like 15 years ago. And no, we had we, we had one not not that many years ago. No, we had one we where two, two guy we didn't work with. And he's like, I think I got army worm. And Matt <laughs> flew with the drone, and there was a spot where it was just well, and the crazy like, and it was big corn. It was shoulder height corn, probably maybe waist. Oh yeah, it was it was all of that. It was pr- probably yeah shoulder at minimum. Bad weed control. What was interesting? Well, it was organic. Ah. What was interesting was the headlands like. Jake was with me, and he walked in like a couple of rows, like, ah, oh, it's bad, but not like terrible. And then you get like past the headlands, and it was all mid ribs, and like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh no, oh no. This is on a this is on a three way intersection of three fields, kind of. Yeah. And a weedy fence line and ditch line, sure. and it was hitting all three fields, so it didn't. It's kind of like you got to coordinate with your neighbors because otherwise you're gonna spray, oh, yeah, no, and they're I, gonna hide across the fence line, and then they're gonna just come back. I, I warned the neighboring guy about this field that we were in. Like, yeah, just so you know, you're, that field's full of these things. Like, Well, yeah, and where they get their name Army Worm is their they marching march. habit where yeah. literally they will march across a road. So did the neighbor guy like, well, then I'm going to go out and spray him? No, no, we <laughs> we said, well, watch. Like, because I, I, somebody I, I worked with, I'm like, I don't want to get him in my field. We'll just keep an eye on it. Like, if you think you got him, let me know. I'll come out and look. And we'll we'll see, but another telltale sign of a horrific armyworm infection or infestation is uh, birds. Because the other thing about that field was there were just a crazy amount of birds in that field mm-hmm. eating the worms, and they still weren't enough to really stop so, it. So here's here's my armyworm story. So my grandpa tells this story. So I don't know how much of it's true, but back all, in the, all of it, yeah, right. Back in like the '60s, '70s, right when it was right when. Center Valley and Vine got paved. So, I mean, it was, you know, not big, terribly big long Big news ago. then, I bet. Yeah, I know, right? Um, anyway, there was a hailstorm in July, which damaged the plants. It didn't knock the whole field down, but it definitely damaged some plants, and that brought on the armyworms, apparently. this And this is from him. This is not how I would... But he says armyworms. It was armyworms. Mm. And they were going across the road so, like... What, many? So many... That people were sliding through the intersection trying to stop because the roads were that slimy. I've heard of those stories. I've never, I've never seen, seen it, either. but I could. I guess if I could, if like when I think about the one field that was you know six and a half feet tall and they were skeletonizing corn plants, if you truly got like a forty that got hammered like that, how many worms think that about, would take? Think I about guess how I many worms. Almost like think of a forty at shoulder height. How much? feeding has to happen to get all those giant plants down to the midribs. That's a lot Correct. of lot of worms. So now think about all that going across the road at the same time. Gross. Well, well and, Greasy. And, and size matters with these guys, too, when we're looking at control issues, because the bigger they are, the less life they have left to feed. Right. So the biggest problem is when you start finding a couple big ones, but then most of them are all the little ones. Then you know things are really in bad shape because it's like, all right, the big ones started, and now the next generation is just going to go crazy on this. So basically, the smaller they are, the more trouble you're. The less, like, this the threshold is twenty five percent of the plants. The bigger they are, then the threshold jumps up. You have to have seventy five percent. If you're walking in a field and going, "Oh my god, this looks terrible," and then you start looking at worms and they're small, you're probably at threshold. Like you're yeah. you're probably there. If you're going in the field and saying, oh, my God, you're probably a week too late. Right. Which, the way army worms feed, the name army, as we said, it means they come in hot and heavy. Um, that can happen. In a week's time, you can be at a whole other stage of the game where you're like, holy man. Yeah. I've had one experience like yours, Matt. Max, where it was my farmer called, it was his neighbor, and he wanted me to look at the neighbor's field because that's what he thought it was. And I walked in, and, and it was like grass up to my armpits. Yeah. And I'm like, yep, we got a problem here. And he was just worried that that they were going to march across to his field. And Todd, one of your clients had a situation where we thought it was bad enough to spray, but then it was a wetter year, and it stayed so wet that we couldn't. Couldn't spray, and it actually turned out all right. Um, you remember they got a... They got parasitized. They get parasitized by yeah. wasps or yep. other things. And that was pretty cool, because then when we brought a parasitized The farmer was one, really excited. The farmer, like, trash talk it. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get, you mf It was like, <laughs> It was great. 
<laughs> it was a lot of fun. And and like you said, murder even, hornets, man. Even birds will take. I mean, yep. all of a sudden it can go from like DefCon one to like they're gone in days, and it yeah. can go the opposite too. Of like, well, these aren't bad, and then two days later you're like. Yes, these are these very are bad. bad. So when we're scouting, yeah, we want to keep an eye out for beneficial insect evidence like parasitization where these little white-looking eggs are planted because just, cause just like these nasty things sit inside our plants and eat them, the eggs grow inside of the worms yeah. and eat them from Bill, the inside. Bill, did you just get so the heebie-jeebies over <laughs> I did. <laughs> Bill did. I did, yeah. Like did you, do, you, did, yeah. you did the shake? Uh, I did. I will say, like, I remember I, I, one time we were, I was in a, field of rye that was like five feet tall riding a four-wheeler to do soil samples you know you know it's coming over like the top of the four-wheeler and the i hope it wasn't pollinating the yeah it was oh the grubs and the spiders and the everything that's living in there is just hitting you in the face and that's the only time i've ever been like bugs (laughs) bugs." how about when you how about when the the guy stops cutting hay and you just look at the The top crawling bar that doesn't bother me no no I always love it though. They're like, oh, we much. gotta get like, out and spray. When, when Look at how bad this is in the face like that. Yeah. yeah, like this was this was like a traumatic experience. Just getting like abused by <laughs> army worms. The worst for me is when you're walking in a cornfield and you just like turn and there's a garden spider like two Ooh, inches yeah. from your nose. Oh, like the the banana, the big, like the big the, yellow ones. Yep, the yeah. banana spider. Yeah. See, and for me, it's not so much the bugs in the cornfields. It's when you, like, I wear headphones almost all the time. And if, like, my headphones are dead and I have to walk in a cornfield late in the season when it's, you know, way overhead height and you could hear everything, oh, <laughs> I get nervous, man. You don't know what you're going to walk up on. And most of the time... Well, a lot of times you scare something away and you just never know what it was. You, like, hear it running out of the field. You're like, hmm, maybe it was a deer. But think how how quick... Like you've everybody's walked up on a deer before. You can get really close to a deer in a cornfield before they take off. Mm-hmm. Like really close. Now just imagine if that's not a deer one time. It's Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot. That's Sasquatch. So in, in the pantheon of of insects, these two are like one and two of our worst nightmare. Because right, I mean, I can't think of any worse. Leaf hoppers. Yeah, but leaf well, hoppers don't come on this quick. No. Where you could be there one week and the next week, like it'd be very different. And and part of the reason is they're they're hard to control because they go underground. So basically, you got to try to spray when they're active, which is early morning or night. We right, you spray later at night so that when they come out at night, they get a dose. I mean, I, I agree. Leaf hoppers are in the pantheon, but these two to me are the, like leaf hoppers are a different thing one because two. leaf hoppers cause us issues. But they don't give you what this gives you. Because I think I think Max farmers like think of your story like they're marching. They're gonna and like they they've heard all these bad stories over the years of grandpa or dad have told them these. And then I think that's why Todd it's so high is like we they just know we just know the damage that they can do in a hurry if you don't pay attention. And these both leave like when they hit a field. They both leave some like nat. They don't. It's not like sometimes when like leaf hoppers, unless leaf hoppers are really bad, you don't really see it. Like there's this isn't. It's not a physical damage that you can see. Where this, if you have army worms hitting a field, man, it is ugly quick. Or, and even think of like grasshoppers. You know, you're walking a bean field or something in July and it's hot, and you just they're jumping everywhere. They don't feed like. Oh, I've seen. I mean, I've seen some stuff in general. I had a field two years ago. Thanks, man. Grasshoppers. I drink Bud Heavy. I've seen some things. <laughs> We're clipping silks on corn. I've never yeah. seen that before. It was the only time I've ever seen it. But in general, but yes, you don't see it just mow. The only it, thing I, I think is worse than corn is cranes. And we have no nothing besides seed treatment as a... And, even and that, you can't you, do that after right, cranes right. in the field. Because like, I've seen them decimate acres. Yeah. And, yep. and you're really just out of luck. The the other one that maybe falls into this category just because the visual the visual is so bad is uh, Japanese beetles. Because when yeah, Japanese beetles be are nasty. bad, the visual is and the threshold is so high on them that like it has to get really, really, really bad. Well, and you're just uncomfortable because a lot of times they're mating with each other while they're yeah. feeding, and it's yeah, just, just awkward. It's nature, Matt. Just let nature yeah, be. But can't nature like get a room? <laughs> It's just awkward. It's like it is a, their room. The room is, yeah. <laughs> they are it's your soybean plant. Put some pants on. <laughs> you stop. You have stop to, it. Man, put, a, put a, the sock on the field a, side. Yeah. A, <laughs> come on. Bugs life rated R just really. Ooh. 
Yeah. Just go under the soybean leaves a little further so I can't see you. Come on. Go in the bottom of the can the canopy. So a couple quick ones so we can get moving on here, but they're very small, but they can be a problem. Our slugs, um, same thing. They kind of hide under residue, feed at night. In um, corn, they kind of make like a window pane. They kind of scar the leaves a little bit, if you will. Um, soybeans, they can feed on the cotyledons and the hypocotyl causing really bad damage. You don't, We don't see them a lot, Matt. This is kind of one of Matt's pet peeves he Matt alluded to it is this must be a problem more in Kansas and some other states. I I hear about a lot with cover crops and different different stuff. And I've just, in our our geography, we haven't seen as much of an issue. Um, One of the problems here is, again, control. Like, about all you can do is, like, sluggo has salt in it and try to. Yeah, there's. For for that, I think, think is hard. um, I've heard guys try actually spraying 28. Sure, sure, just to salt them. And then, then, yeah. I don't know if it works or not, but. I think that's kind of cool. Another that's nitrogen application. I mean, right. what the heck? Let's dry them guys out. Why twenty eight and not like your urea or pot? You know, because it cover because like it's the liquid would cover it. the leaves. Yeah, and then they no, would, I, you would just, crawl over top yeah. of it. Okay. So, but um, and then white grubs again. We don't see a lot of those at all. Those are the June June bugs. Uh, they turn into the June bugs. Those are. To I me, think those seed the, treatments have helped yeah, there a oh yeah. lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I think the like conversion from a lot of bedding pack manure, you know, some of that can attract those too as well. So um, those to me are the ugliest of all the bugs that we deal with. White grubs are the nastiest, <laughs> ugliest. Well, I, and not I, a lot of people like what they turn into either. June, <laughs> June bugs are kind of a nuisance. June bugs aren't the worst. <laughs> They're not like a, they don't bite you. At least. No, but they're used to have big, a dog. loud, and annoying. We yeah. used to have a dog that would eat you. Eat them. He loved them, yeah. Like you'd Frosty have, would just you'd be have out a there bonfire like... at night, and they'd just come around the, the yard light and then fall on the, the blacktop, and he'd, they'd, he'd just maul those suckers. They're the ones when you're enjoying a peaceful night that just wreck it. They're like, <laughs> they'll fly it. Like, even if you're in a. In an area where you have like screen, and they just fly against the screen, and they're just loud. They're they're, they're loud and obnoxious. They're like people from Freedom coming to your party. No, I'm just kidding. Ooh. I do not mean to offend our friends. South side freedom. of Essers. <laughs> just had to take a shot at Max. Spot That's on. Me. Spot on, Matt. <laughs> so, but so. yeah, white grubs not a very big problem. But I think you're exactly right, Todd. We've pretty much every seed corn that goes into ground is treated with just with, a lot more treatments. Yeah, on them. there's that help helps, in that. That helps a lot. So. Yeah, so watch, be scouting for those guys if you're no-tilling with cover crops or, or not. Just no-till in general could have those issues as well. Well, e- even just a cover crop field, even if you worked up the cover crop, if they're, yep. they're still there, there's a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. Telling you there's a chance. All right, so there you go. Black cutworm, armyworm, slugs, and white grubs, all some possible pests in those once green fields. Now we'll move into our spotlight for today. And this is a callback to a previous episode. We talked about the the bin weevil or uh, grain weevil, as it's called. It's what ro- what bug is that? A robot. <laughs> it's a robo bug. A robo bug meant to replace the need for people to go inside the grain bin. So JLI Robotics is a <clears throat> made a mobile robot that scurries across the top of the grain inside the storage bin, performing tasks that no human should have to do. Startup is led by two guys, Ben Johnson and Zane Zentz, who are part of the Egg Lunch 365 program and recently received the 2021 Lemelson MIT Student Prize. So Green Weevil is a remote control robot, so you can kind of pick how it goes. And there's a neat video if you look up the... Uh, yeah, the video is sweet. The it's video. YouTube, Green Weevil highlights April 2021... And it's, yeah, we talked about it before, but it didn't have this video out at right. that point. But it's got, like, augers for wheels, and it looks like it can kind of dive down even into the grain. And, yeah, it just scurries around yeah, pretty neat. It's kind of like the, in the cartoons when Scrooge McDuck would go into yeah. his money <laughs> bin. And all of a sudden That's what your corn bin is this year, what, yeah. yeah. It is this year. This year, yeah. So pretty cool little machine that'll hopefully lead to less danger for the farmers who deal with bins. All right, we'll move into Egg History Minute. 
love that banjo. All right, today we're going to talk a little bit about the history of drones. So evidence of the first use of aerial vehicles dates back to 1921. The USDA, in collaboration with the U.S. Army, deployed it for crop dusting at McCook Field in Dayton, Ohio. Aerial vehicles helped farmers again in 1939. The new Royal, or Royal New Zealand Air Force assisted with the spread of seeds mixed with fertilizer. Uh, Nikola Tesla had <clears throat> kind of helped develop the technology here. He introduced radio waves in 1898. The technology took a long time to develop into RC planes and helicopters. And so now we have a lot of radio controlled devices available. The first evidence of using a camera on a drone was reported on research by a man named Thurling in 1985. In his research, he used uh, one camera on a drone for taking vertical images of weeds and an oilseed crop. Two years later, Yamaha demonstrated the R-50. What don't they do? Considered to be the first ever UAV, so unmanned aerial vehicle, for dusting crops. Later in 1989, they introduced a commercial version of that model unfortunately had complicated handling and did not comply with international flying regulations. And now we have cover crops being seeded, um, crops being sprayed by all sorts of different drones, be they battery-powered or gas-powered, and you can spend as little as a couple hundred bucks to hundreds of thousands of dollars on, on these technologies. So we've come a long way. All pretty cool stuff. 100 years, 1921 was the first. I want to guess it would have been back that far, I would have, which makes sense. So I guess in fli- a lot of flight stuff took place then. And yeah, it's cool. Great. If you guys like what you're hearing, we appreciate all our listeners out there. Please go to tiltegg.com slash podcasts. There you can play the podcast in a web browser. So on your phone, through the web browser, or on a computer. And if you have your phone and it's a smartphone, why not use a podcast player, so Apple Podcasts, and search Tilt Talk Radio. Or if you're on Android, there's all kinds of other podcast players. There's Player FM, Pocket Cast, CastBox, or Podbean are some of the most popular. So Podbean, I kind of like that one because it sounds kind of like a soybean. But thank you for listening, and please tell a farmer friend while you're out planting if he's like hey what you listening to in the cab you can say i'm listening to some ttr some tilt talk radio you should too and matt where can they find us you can follow us on facebook and twitter at tilt talk radio all right let's get into some current events with cool beans that's corny so cool beans cool beans cool beans cool beans cool beans our cool beans for today U.S. soybean futures top $16 for the first time in almost nine years. So as we mentioned earlier, lots of money makers out in the field this year. So <clears throat> soybeans price rising to best it's been in almost a decade. Corn price has been right up there too with uh, some pretty impressive prices. And wheat has been up there. So, I mean, altogether there's a lot of, a lot of potential money-making crops out there. Which is good. <laughs> We've had a couple bad years in a row. It'd be nice, yeah. to, nice to make a little money. It's good to move out of the slump. So uh, for that, we are thankful. And our That's Corny this week. We expect agricultural plastics to be both more expensive and harder to get. So kind of a continuing story with a lot of things, a lot of shortages, things hard to come by, be they equipment computer chips, or in this case, ag plastics that you use for bags and covering piles. So hopefully you've got yours already on hand, right? Yep. First crops around right around the corner. Going to need some. It's about 40 cents a pound higher for resin supplies, resin supplies. If the they bags. can get it. If they can even get it, yep. So. I heard. I remember hearing this like before the first of April that this was going to happen. So mm. I heard rumors that you were, could tell the future. No, I can't tell the future. But I heard from a chemical rep that their price are going to go up because they can't get resin, so they can't even package chemicals if they want to with the jugs. Yep. Bummer. Sweet. 
more good news. Yeah. yeah. Well, it just follows, I mean, what we knew already last week. Yep. Because it, it's not like we're out of Roundup. It's not like glyphosate doesn't exist anymore. I, it's, a, it's more of a packaging shipping issue than you, anything. It's not good in your hands, like, to take to the farm? Like, Oh, you mean, like, going to a gas pump and just filling up a Ziploc bag? Yeah. Or, yeah. A, or a Rubbermaid container, as I saw. <laughs> I saw that, too. Twitter, yeah. What was that? Yes. Legitimately. Yeah. Like, like a tote. Like like yeah, like what you would put a cat, but no lid. And they, they just, just were putting gas in and, that. Uh, I'm surprised well, they didn't, because... I forget what the commentary was, but it was something to the effect of, this is why we can't have nice things <laughs> or something like that. Here, if you'd like put it in like a Tide laundry jug, because I seen a guy doing it at a quick trip once, and they, they shut him down. And really? And they came over like, That's sir, you cannot approved. fill that. Right, that's not a guess. I mean, there was literally a lady with, <clears> the, she had Walmart bag, like grocery, like, no, plastic, like bag, plastic bag, and she put oh. two of them together, so it was watertight, <laughs> and then filled it and tied it. Well, except for it'll still eat through that in no yeah. time. <laughs> right. Like, I'm surprised she even made it. How do you fill your car even with that? Even with the... Right. How, how do you get the gas back out? Yeah. We don't worry about things like that, Todd. We just get the gas. Funnels, Todd. You just buy a big funnel. Why? The we just want the gas. We don't care. We're not... Todd, yeah. we're not I, worried I'm not, about being I'm just logical. trying to keep other people from being able to <laughs> yeah. use this gas. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm going to use it myself. I saw something that was like, hey, all the gas that you put in Ziploc bags in the back of your car... Once the gas eats the plastic away and it spills all over, at least you can use the toilet paper that you hoarded last year to, <laughs> to clean it up. it up. Well, there was a, I think I saw, <clears throat> I don't remember if it was this morning or last night, that a lady, she was like 28 years old, burned up her car from she all the put, gas containers in her oh, car. I, I, there was a thing that was going around Twitter yesterday of like a 21-year-old female who said she car, went to the gas station wash. and they were out of gas so she just put diesel in because she figured oh, she goes oh, just as good yeah. all diesel does is just make your engine louder like it's not that big a deal <laughs> yep yep that's all it does <laughs> that made me laugh so hard that's great yeah the only thing worse than diesel in a gas engine is gas in a diesel yeah. engine yep she didn't figure that she couldn't get the pump in the we don't worry about things like that bill <laughs> yeah no it was it made a mess but i got some I mean, in i mean just grab the yellow handle one when you mix diesel and gas, that's actually the best possible solution. Is that doesn't make a bomb at all? <laughs> Maybe a little kerosene. A couple gas stations probably still have yeah. kerosene pumps. Not many. Make oh. sure you light up that cigarette while you're doing that too. Yeah, that's probably the best best I, option. I did see one lady took the gas pump and was giving her car a gas. Uh, yeah, I saw that gas bath. Uh, gas bath. Yeah. No, I, well, I just like to be a dick. I, no, like. I, I think oh. she was just wasn't like oh, this will get the bird poop off. <laughs> she was literally had the pump and was just I mean <laughs> like giving the car a car wash. A good solvent. Let's okay. just yeah, imagine for a second you think about paint thinner and, <laughs> yeah. and all that type of stuff like bird poop gone. It's, it's not actually that far of a logical leap if you don't know I mean, better. I, I've used gas as a solvent before, yeah. like when you don't have what you're looking for exactly around. But I'd not. I would not go to a gas station and just no. Yeah, just hey. douse your car. That's that's literally out of Zoolander. The movie, like there's, there's you know, a scene in there where they're having a gas fight, and then yep. somebody goes to light a cigarette and it blows up the whole gas there, station. Like, there's also a scene in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia about hoarding gas and then reselling it to other people, which I'm sure is going on oh, right now. I'm sure. Yeah. Um. So just remember that you're you're with the gang. So yeah, the <laughs> the Colonial Pipeline, I guess, is back up and running. Well, when you pay the ransom, right. that's what you get. So. Right, five million or something. Well, they, I heard so that they paid five million. Yeah, that was really intelligent. Um, but see, they're going to pay again because they paid a lot of money for a really crappy software, and that was how they got hacked in the first place. Oh. So now they're going to have to buy a not have to buy something whole a whole new system, I imagine. So that's what happens when you skimp. Yeah, hey man, I've had enough trouble with software and tractors. They should try John Deere stuff because even when I got the passwords, I can't get that to work. <laughs> Does John Deere make a pipeline software? Precision flow. Boom. There you go. Maybe they should. Let's go, Precision. We need your help on the pipeline. All right. Well, let's get our egg idiom in, and we'll wrap this all up. So what do you got for us, Bill? Well, I feel like I have to do this every day with you three jokers. Walk on eggshells. Oh, I thought you were going to say walk on sunshine. No, not with you guys, especially you, Matt. To walk on eggshells. Ouch. <laughs> Originate. Can't you take a joke? You're giving us crap all the time. And when we give you crap, it's... It was sarcastic. Not. Look at my face. <laughs> I'm trying to talk in the mic, not look at your face. You can do both. I'm doing both right now. Uh, you two need marriage counseling. 
Maybe we need to move to a different side of the room. <laughs> we just switch it next week. We're going to switch seats. I'm like off. the fifth brother you never had. It's yeah. fine. Fourth. You have four. Okay, yeah. Technically, for, yeah. I, I, you're, I only have You are brothers. correct. You have three brothers. You're the four of four. Okay. Yes. We'll get done with our thing here. <laughs> to walk in eggshells originates uh, clearly from... And the imagery of walking on eggshells. Eggshells are very fragile, so it would take a great care to walk through them without smashing them. Uh, it's alike to walking on thin ice in reality. Therefore, in the 1980s, this phrase came to be used to describe people who have been careful with their words around others and not to offend someone or hurt or upset someone. Really? Only since 1980? Well, that's when it originated. <laughs> Maybe the cavemen didn't care. They pissed everybody, <laughs> each other off. Well, the I mean, you can take it that you can take it as you don't want to hurt or offend somebody, or you don't want to say something that is going to get you absolutely roasted by the yeah. boys. Yep. That's what Sierra says sometimes about being around my brothers because they have no filter for anybody. She's like, I got to be careful what I say sometimes because <laughs> otherwise they eat me alive. I'm like, yeah, that's the house I grew up in. Walk on eggshells. Yep, walking here. on eggshells, man. Welcome to the Garbies. All right. Well, that'll do I, it for this week. Thanks I for did, being here, guys. I did finally find the you best clip for filling up with gas. Okay. What do you got for us? the best one. Hey, why are you pumping any gas? They're all out. They only got diesel. Better go to the next station. Clean. Let's clean some off the door and then... What'd you do? Door falls out. Yeah, that's when he oh, hits hits the pump in the door. Like it was the other yeah, yeah. Tommy boy, Tommy right? boy, yeah. Tommy boy. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do? What'd you uh, nope, they're out of gas. They're out of gas. Only diesel. <laughs> gotta go to the next station. <laughs> I didn't get it at first. Now I totally got it. It's great. <laughs> Richard, what's, what's happening? It's a great movie. Uh, it's an all timer right there. Your head is a shell on it, not an ink shell, but a shell. It's a thin, thin candy shell. <laughs> Are you an M M&M? and M? Yes. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. Uh, so this week we talked about some pests and their potential to show up in those no-till cover crop fields. In our spotlight, we talked about the grain weevil, a robot that hopefully will keep you out of the grain bin. History of drones in our egg history minute. Cool beans was commodity prices being high. And our That's Corny was egg plastics, among other things, harder to find. So hopefully we don't spend our next episode walking on eggshells over the things we've said in this one. But thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming. <laughs>